0: Silence. It can be comforting. It can be eerie. On this day in 1918, it was both. At 11 a.m., the guns fell silent. After over four years of war, World War I was coming to an end. We still remember. Today is Veterans Day in the U.S., Canada and the UK know it as Remembrance Day. Even 104 years later, the late morning silence reaches us. It became a holiday in America and the British Empire in the 30s. 20 million people died in the war. People in England and Canada wear poppies to remember its end. The flowers grew in the churned up soil on the western front, beauty in the midst of destruction. War has been with us since Cain killed Abel, but it will end when Christ returns. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Our Pilgrim Life. As I just mentioned, it's Veterans Day in America, Remembrance Day in Canada, a day we remember those who served their country On this day in 1918, the First World War, the Great War, came to an end. Well, that's not exactly true. There was still fighting that was going on in some places, but the guns on the Western Front fell silent. The trench warfare between Germany, Britain, France, America, Canada, finally over. Four years, millions of lives lost, millions more wounded. The world would never be the same. On days like today, we can recall suffering. That's what war is. Death, destruction, despair, depression, armed conflicts bring them all. And even if we haven't personally experienced a war, we're all familiar with suffering. Maybe you have a family member with a debilitating disease, or you're attending the funeral of a close friend, or trouble in a personal relationship has caused you great emotional pain. The list could go on and on. But even those of us who have already had relatively easy lives still know the sting of suffering. Pain is just one of those realities in a fallen world. In a moment, we're going to think about Scripture that encourages Christians in hard times. Words like the Apostle Peter's, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These are the words of one pilgrim to another, So stay with me, dear pilgrim, and let's find our hope together in Jesus Christ. We've been thinking about the pilgrim life all week. Tyler Van Haltren wrote a storybook adaptation of John Bunyan's classic, Pilgrim's Progress. I asked Tyler to explain to us the difference between the well-known part one compared to the little-known sequel,
1: part two. In part one, Christian was sort of a, a solitary Pilgrim on his journey. He had friends that came along the way, but he was pushing through much of the time on his own. But in part two, there's more of a group effort. There's a man named Greatheart who comes along, another named Standfast, who are just fantastic examples of the Christian life, of discipleship, of helping someone along to the celestial city. And another thing he did was show that the weak and the hurting. And those who found it difficult to be a pilgrim were welcome in the kingdom that they could join in the pilgrimage. So there's a man named Feeble Mind and Ready to Halt, who are struggling, but longing and desiring. There's another man named Little Faith, but they're still on the journey. They're still on the path, even though they're not, in a sense, as brave or as valiant as Christian may have been. After
0: the program, I want to share the boxed set that Tyler has created featuring the storybooks based on... John Bunyan's works called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Part One, and the brand new Part Two. If you got Part One from us last year, you could just ask for Part Two. But the boxed set is so well done hardback, gold foil stamping, brilliant illustrations, all in a keepsake slipcase. Young and old will treasure this set as we follow our Lord. After the program, call us for one or more sets for Christmas. We had a grandfather call us yesterday asking for 13 sets. He plans to send them for Christmas to all his grandkids. What a grandpa he is. Just call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, look at the illustrations, watch the video Tyler and I shot in England as we walked in Bunyan's footsteps, listen to the full interview on our Great Stories podcast, and make your gift. At haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you get the box set for Christmas, shipping is free, and we will include a free code to download the audio versions of the book as well. Now let's get started with the Gettys, Keith and Kristen, joined by Ren Collective.
2: Rejoice in the Lord now and always. Sing it again, we rejoice. Delight in the love He has shown us. Gratefully lift up Your voice. His gentleness among us will join our hearts with praise. We. to come The hope that burns within us The dark cannot destroy With praise that's never
0: favorite tunes by the gettys rejoice with wren collective here in a haven today called our pilgrim life i'm charles morris we began our time thinking about the pain we often experience in this world and in this life and that's a tough pill to swallow pain and suffering will continue until we go to be with jesus whether it's something that happens to us or to one of our loved ones bad news just keeps rolling in You will have moments that are so painful and cause you to ask, Why is this happening to me? You may even feel that the Lord has abandoned you. What is the purpose of pain, anyway? Are some of the hopeless philosophers right? Is all of life meaningless? Is chaos and suffering all we can expect? The Bible gives us a very simple answer to these questions. No. Absolutely no. If you are a Christian, God's word is very clear. Your pain is not pointless. And because of that, believers can be joyful pilgrims in a painful world. And let me explain that. Pain is one of the most powerful tools in God's hand for making us the people he longs us to be. I realize that seems upside down and backwards. It isn't any easier for me to accept sometimes, but it's what we find in Scripture. Over the past several days, you and I have been thinking about the opening words of 1 Peter. Listen to verses 6-9. through In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor. When Jesus Christ is revealed, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. All of God's word is inspired. All of it is true and profitable. But some passages really stick out to us, don't they? And this, I think, is one of those passages. I think we can say that without a doubt. After all, it sounds so strange to our ears. How can we rejoice, even in the midst of suffering? Aren't these two things polar opposites? Well, we don't rejoice in the trial itself. Our trials are the result of living in a sin-cursed world in our sinful bodies. But we can rejoice in our eternal, unfading, imperishable inheritance. You can rejoice, because these trials are merely momentary. Peter had suffered, but he knew that something better was coming. Did you ever have surgery to fix something in your body? I think of a friend of mine who had to have his wisdom teeth taken out when he was a teenager. It wasn't a pleasant experience. His gums and cheeks became so swollen he looked like a chipmunk gathering food for the winter. But it was only temporary. And because he went through it, he was able to avoid a lifetime of pain and problems. Well, that's what Peter is saying here. This suffering we experience is only temporary, and it's leading us to far better things. Remember what the Apostle John wrote at the end of Revelation? In the new heavens and earth, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. When you and I reach that day, our pain will have been worth it. On that, I can count on the scripture to be true. Paul says something very similar. In Second Corinthians chapter 4, he writes, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Have you ever read that verse and been a little shocked? I have. After all, Paul was an experienced sufferer. If there was a pain hall of fame, Paul would have been inducted a long time ago. He even gives us a list of the sufferings he had endured for Christ later in 2 Corinthians. I've been in prison frequently, been flogged severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers." I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Thankfully, most of us have not had to live a life like that. But all of us have suffered, haven't we? And really, what else did we think would happen? Remember, Peter tells us that we're exiles on this earth. Christians are not home yet. You and I are pilgrims waiting for our true homeland. And exiles can expect trials. You expect to be uncomfortable. But exiles are the only ones who can endure trials with joy. What is your hope in this life? What is your joy grounded in? If it is anything earthly, it's going to backfire on you. It'll fail, but if it is in Jesus, then nothing that happens on this salient planet can seal away your joy, because nothing that happens on this fallen planet can take away your Saviour John Bunyan knew that Pilgrim's Progress is full of suffering, and Bunyan himself dealt with his share of pain, but he knew and was convinced that he was on the way to the Celestial City. In his sequel to Pilgrim's Progress, he wrote about Christiana's entrance into glory. I want you to listen to a bit of the audio version of Tyler Van haltren's Little Pilgrim's Big Journey.
3: And so Christiana, evangelist and great heart, entered the gates of the Celestial City. Words fall short of describing the joys that awaited them there. The king called out to them, Come up here, beloved pilgrims. Come and drink from the waters of life. Come and feast at my table. Come and find rest for your souls. Christiana beheld the king in all his glory. As she looked on him, she was transformed. The king clothed her in garments of gold that shone like the sun. He placed an imperishable crown upon her head the king called out to Christiana. Welcome in, beloved daughter. Come and see all that I've prepared for you. Jude, Eli, and Mercy stood at the shore and heard a chorus of angels celebrating with great joy. Their hearts burned within them as they saw the gates open. They longed more than ever to be with the king. I've seen only a glimpse of the city, Eli said yet I would trade everything in the world to be welcomed there. Our journey was filled with danger and difficulty, Mercy said, but now I see that all our troubles were preparing us for a glory that far outweighs them all. One day the king will call us home, Jude said. For now, let us resolve to be faithful to the king to the very end.
0: A moment from Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, part two, that we have for your gift to the ministry here on Haven today. That is our ultimate destination. But in the meantime, we're going to have hardship. Peter uses the example of refined gold. It's a hard process. There's fire. There's pressure. There's beating. The metal endures it all. That's what pain does. It refines our faith. And faith is more precious than that gold. When it goes through the refining process of trials, it comes out sparkling, beautiful, brilliant, even eternal. But that isn't the only thing that pain does. God uses it to prepare us for our future glory. And in the present, it helps us to see Jesus. I'm reminded of this quote from the late Jerry Bridges in Colorado Springs. Trust is not a passive state of mind. It is a vigorous act of the soul by which we choose to lay hold on the promises of God and cling to them, hang on to them, despite the adversity that at times seeks to overwhelm us. Pain reminds us that we need Jesus. We are not self-sufficient. And so suffering continually drives us back to him, back into the arms of our Savior. We live this life as exiles in faith that we will one day see Jesus. Remember what happened to Stephen, one of the very first deacons in the early church? In Acts 7, we read his sermon, and what a sermon it was. It told the great story all about Jesus, but the unbelieving Jews were not having it. They stoned him. So then, what happened? Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Stephen still had to suffer. And yes, he was stoned to death. But he could see Jesus even as he was dying. And that enabled him to rejoice even in the midst of his pain. Christ is with us just as surely as he was with Stephen. And our pain is temporary. One day we get to meet up with our Savior face to face. And then he will wipe away every tear from our eyes.
4: Oh, I'm a traveler far from home. I get lost, but I press on Cause there's a mansion And streets of gold Where I belong Yes, there's a day Coming soon Where the old will be made new And heaven's glory shines like the morning Before our eyes We all when we all see Jesus face to face And then we will sing.
0: Zach Williams, face-to-face here on Haven Today. We've been thinking about the pilgrim life of a Christian, even as we consider the epic tale written by John Bunyan called Pilgrim's Progress. And as I've been looking at and reading the new adaptation of this classic tale, it's helped me to better understand the story. And that's exactly what Tyler Van Hultren wants both children and adults to experience with his Little Pilgrim's Big Journey books. They were written originally for kids with colorful illustrations and simple-to-understand words, but much like the Jesus Storybook Bible, these books will help everyone better understand the story and the message that leads you to Christ. So, for your minimum gift or more to Haven today, I want to send you the boxed set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey 1 and 2. And these hardback, cloth-covered, gold-foiled stamp books come in a keepsake slipcase, perfect to give away as a Christmas present for people in your life. Shipping is free for Christmas, and we can send it directly to someone you love with a note attached. But don't forget to make an extra gift and get one for yourself. And remember, we're giving every Haven listener who orders a copy of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey box set a free code to download the audio versions of the books. So call us right now. 865 Haven. 865 Haven. Or go online. Watch the video we shot in Bunyan's hometown a few days ago and make your gift for one or more sets at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you already received part 1 from us last year, We have part two by itself, if you ask. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next week, when again we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Leave your message after the beep. At one point, many people had never heard this statement, but answering machines changed the world. Phone tag was easier to play. And even if we weren't home, our friends and family could still leave a message for us and vice versa. And with smartphones, leaving messages is easier than ever. But most of our messages aren't nearly as important as the one we read about in Psalm 40. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. The psalmist had a very clear message. The Lord had saved him, and he couldn't keep quiet about it. This same God has saved us in Jesus Christ. Are you sharing the message? Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.